you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Network on iHeartMedia. Before we begin, I want to give some thanks to our team. Thank you, Grace and Co. for our graphics, Pepper Chambers for writing, Angelo Greco and Anna Mesa for managing our social media, Tiffany Hale for everything, Erica England for Patreon support, and our production team at Large Media. That's L-A-R-J-Media.com. Also, let me tell you what we have going on over at Patreon. Patreon is like our family where you can become a member and get access to every episode commercial-free, plus videos of inspiration from yours truly, merchandise deals, and a lot more. Head over to patreon.com forward slash hello somebody and become a member today. All proceeds from Patreon go to support the production of this podcast. What motivates Danny Glover? Um, what motivates Danny Glover? I think... Hello, somebody. Brother Glover, it's so good to see you. It's great to see us. Us, great to see us. Yeah, how you doing? You looking I'm good. I'm I, I remember, I remember when I was a kid, I was with my grandparents. I don't know if I told you the story before. So my grandmother said, come on, come on, come on. Let's, let's got to go to the store for clothes. Come on, let's go. And, and I... I said, Grandma, it's we got to go to the store. She gave you one of those looks. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that look. I said, us got to go to the store. <laughs> I, I basically tried to hide out the rest of the time I was on the phone. Please don't tell me, tell my mama I tried to correct you. Your daughter, I tried to correct you. After I done flunked English. <laughs> Grandmas are not to be 
corrected. Ever. Oh, not to be I, I said us. <laughs> so beautiful. So what have you been up to since last we talked to one another? Uh, zoom, zoom, zoom. Um, um I've been here. I, I haven't I haven't left San Francisco. Oh um, good. We gotta keep you safe. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've been safe. I'm doing everything safe. I the far as I go down and see, um my my uh, uh my vitamin guy down near Santa Cruz and we're we're always on the phone. What what do we need to be taking in terms of supplements and stuff like that? He's great. I've known him for almost forty years. Yes. Yeah. And I know you you sent Senator Sanders some of them supplements one time. Yeah, I I, I, we did. We, we, we remember, remember that <laughs> on the campaign now. trip. Yes. Um, I've been. I'm going down to a- Alabama. So the Amazon workers there. There are workers that are trying to unionize in Alabama right now, yeah, and yeah. Amazon is doing everything that they can not to uh, to stop them, to prevent them from unionizing. And yeah. it's important to have people like you on the front line, people like Michael Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike, on the front line to encourage, in the words of our sister Rosario Dawson, to encourage their courage so that they will unionize. I remember, Brother Glover, we were in a similar situation, you may remember, in 2017. We went down to Canton, Canton, Mississippi. I mean, come on, now we went to Canton, Mississippi. For Nissan workers. Yes, we did. Yeah. They were trying to unionize too. This is what the UAW, the United Auto Workers of America. We were down yeah. there for the March on Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. King and Fannie Lou would have been proud of us, but Fannie Lou here, they'd have been proud of us, baby. <laughs> oh, yes, they would. It was you, it was myself, it was obviously our, our senator, Senator Sanders, yeah. it was the president of the NAACP, it was Brooks at the time, yeah. and the stories that they had to tell are very similar to what is going on right now with the Amazon workers. I remember this family, I think the wife came, the children uh, I don't know if you remember them, but just telling the story of how their father dropped dead on 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 the line, and that's right, exactly, yes, yeah. yes, yes, and, yes, and, yes, and and Nissan did nothing to help this family. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. it is important for people to know that Nissan is unionized in every other country but the United States of America, and they did everything that they mm-hmm. could to stop those people. They scared them, and we didn't win that. I mean, we fought the good fight. But but we didn't win that battle because it was up to the workers to vote on this, and they got scared out of. They were they were threatened. Their jobs were yeah, they threatened. Were threatened. They, they they were scared. But you know, one of the things came that came out of there. I think they developed leadership among workers. Yes. I was I was, I was there. I was there. I was down there going down there for six years, and in that six years, I just saw. Morris Mack and a number of other leaders just emerge out of that and, and vocal leaders. Well, you know what our grandmama and mom used to say, you know, the one thing they can't take away from you is what's up here. Come on and now. <laughs> <Know what> I'm <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're going down with them and you're just sacrificing. So you are such an activist. Uh, actor and activist. You've been an activist for a very long time. You've done work even in Haiti. You know, I've always gotten just goosebumps listening to you and Susan Sarandon. 
<laughs> talking about the activism you two you know you two i love you both madly uh, not just for your talent in front of the of the screen there's no doubt that you both are gifted in your craft but you are and you are gifted as activists who care why why do you care so much and and uh, what motivates you to do what you do besides grandma i got a i got a sneaking suspicion well, well, it's just, it's it's there's so much that that comes out of my my life, you know, and um, and the the kind of blessings that I've had. The first start with, I think I just I think I had the most marvelous parents I can imagine. You know, they weren't perfect, but they were wonderful. They were great, and and uh, watching watching my mother, I come from a very strong matriarchal. Uh, line you can tell by my story about my grandmother yes <laughs> and and my mother um from the deep south um there was always something she said to us how how much she cared about and loved her parents and she said I, she said i would be i'm eternally grateful for my mother and father because i did not pick cotton in september I went to school in September. Consequently, my mother graduated from Payne College in Augusta in 1942. So the, 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 she, she shifted to that. Her mother and father, my grandparents, shifted the narrative. My mother yes. ended up coming to San Francisco by way she married. I, I think the most wonderful man I know, I always be the most wonderful man my, I know. My dad met him in New York. And they married, and they came out there to settle down. And the first thing, first thing I realized as a child, watching the Montgomery bus boycott when I was nine years old, was that 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 I was in concert with my parents, the way in which they embraced the movement, the way they wish yes. to talk anymore, the way in which they that, that moment elevated them, and and so many different ways. And and I, I I took from that. I mean, being the oldest child, I took from that uh, in so many ways. And then um, you you go through high school, you 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 uh, you, you find you, you know about the movement from um, a, a black power movements around for yes. me. The Black Panther Party, the emergence of the Black Panther Party, and student movements right that happened in in the mid to late sixties. You know, really nurtured by what students did in the South, in Mississippi and Alabama and other That's places right. in the South. And nurtured by those, those are those are my generational heroes. And so in so many different ways, that 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 laid the foundation for me. And then I came out to San Francisco State College in in nineteen sixty six and and sixty seven. And I I just was around a group of of young men and women who who could talk and who could who could study economic theory uh, uh, understand political theory and discuss political theory you know at that time and and I I guess that that fascinated me in a ways as I became involved in movements of African liberation and movements for the anti-apartheid movement and all of this were were when they were 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 movements that were were just just in their very 
early stages of, of, of being internationalized. And, um, and I think part of that was that. And then I had the fortune to, to kind of use that, use that as a platform to really uh, become an actor. If I don't become an activist as a student activist, in, in, in actuality, as a young activist in my mind, as a, as a teenager, and, and what I thought, then I don't become an actor. Uh, yeah. My my road my road was the opposite way. My road was to go through as as, as, as and, and, and politicize, become politicized, and then be, find a way and use that in which um, I became an actor. So the are two the two are inseparable. Uh, and no, then, and it, then it's a, a study, and then then when I came to acting, I put as much energy in studying acting, reading acting. And, and 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 challenging myself in different ways, you know, with the material, you know, and well, that 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 first that first lay, layer of South African plays that I did, which would define my theatrical life, basically, it led to something I thought unimaginable, and well, and it's very obvious. Well. No, it's it's very yeah. obvious the way you move. Um, throughout your career that you are an activist first and an actor second, uh-huh. and the two do intersect very much. Uh, the other person that is very close to me that it is obvious in his bones and his DNA too is Michael uh, Render, who always says that, you know, his, he was an activist for, before he started singing and dancing. And uh, you, two yeah. have, <laughs> you two have that very <laughs> much in common. It's just a beautiful thing. You know, when you I mean, we are having this conversation during Black History Month, not that we can't talk about the history of uh, people whose skin has been kissed by the sun, as Sister Zora Neil Hurston puts it, at any time, we're Black 365, but it is a special time of remembrance and recalibration during the month of February. And you talked about the Montgomery bus boycott which was in 1955 and that bus yeah. that bus boycott went on December the 5th as a matter of fact that bus boycott went on for 381 days i believe and it really was everyday people deciding that they were going to stand up and that they were in the words of Fannie Lou Hamer sick and tired of being sick and tired and they weren't going to take it anymore and they use economics to to prove a point that we're not going to continue yeah. to be treated like second-class citizens. So our money is green. So if you're going to either treat us like, you know, treat us with some respect or we will walk, we will carpool, we will take taxis. I mean, they did everything they needed to do as a community. And then we had some white allies along the way to help who were carpooling black people back and forth to work. A lot of black people just flat out walked. They were threatened at their jobs, you know, similar to what we're talking about that's happening at Amazon, different century, same, same stuff, but different century. So the fact that I mean, you your very being was 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 molded by the movement and that you are not afraid, you're unafraid to to use both sides of yourselves to lift up people who otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah, it's it's you, tremendous. You know, I, I remember uh a line in the film that Denzel Washington did with um with Morgan Freeman, the first black black brigade 
in the uh, uh, the, the fight in uh, fight, Glo- the fight glory in glory war. glory in the Civil War glory and, yes yeah and there's a line that, that Denzel said and I remember here listening to that line and watching him in it he said us men now <laughs> he said us men now yeah. and I I felt yeah. my I was in the theater crying when he said that us men now. And, and and as I say, us 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 community, us women now, us human beings now. Come on. In a sense, in that in those particular moments, because it not only it was much larger than not sitting on the bus. It's right. demanding your dignity and your place as a human being. Respect. A human being. And that's what that was. And that moment that Montgomery bus got. And watching that, uh, Sister Turner, watching that every night and watching that. It was that I think it set the groundwork for me, and and they the, these these people who were these people? I was nine years old, but who were these people? I didn't know the full extent of it, but I knew it was something big because my mother and father sat in there. My my father had gone on segregated buses when he was in the army during the war, and he had been on segregated go down to where he went. The basic training was on a segregated train, a segregated bus. So they're going in to see them. And my mother always, born in the Deep South, born in, in rural Georgia, they experienced that same. And to see people challenging just the, just for common decency, just for, just, I mean, just to be treated like a human being, challenge yes. that and refusing to, 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 they was transforming. They were transforming themselves. So this process of whatever is transforming itself, and you have to cut, you have to confront the lie. That's the only way you're able to go through your own personal Come transformation on. and change what's going and, 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 and change the system by confronting the lie itself. That's it. Confront the lie. I'm all about confront that. The confront you know, the you know. lie. And you know what, you brother? Know. The the way you're telling the story, because so often when we talk about the history of black people in America. And there are many things that I love about you. One, you always talk about the black diaspora. I mean, you talk about us as a pan-African people. I noticed you're the co-founder of the Pan-African Film Festival, which I wanna talk about that before we're done. But you always, I mean, from the moment I first had the opportunity to meet you, the way that you talk about Black people as a whole in the diaspora is beautiful because not many people talk about us like that. And you even helped me to remember that our Blackness, oh my God, and what we have in common with our sisters and brothers who were just dropped off at another port, (laughs) you know, We we all the same, you know. Yeah, well, well, you know, you 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 take the great Paul Paul Robeson. He was just as eloquent, eloquent in singing the spirituals, African American spiritual. Paul Robeson was something else in singing, you know, that deep boy, strong, strength boy. At the same yes. time, he brought the same kind of dynamic to uh, 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 when he when he sung in Swahili. Come on now. Oh, when whenever. So he was always connected. That's a level of internationalism that that is, is, has been throughout the tw- first part of the 20th century and into the early parts, the last half of the 20th century. And I found that when I was in, in school, you know, uh, when I was in school, we were kind of revive, revitalizing that kind of energy and that kind of consciousness around 
the the African diaspora, and that was that was a, one of the powerful lessons for me at that time. King knew about it. Dr. King in 1957 was at the celebration for the inauguration of Kwame Nkrumah as the first president yes. of Ghana in the first first state that was a country that was decolonized. So he, he understood that. And he understood the connection between that and everything else. It's easy to, to, for us to kind of push that, push that aside. When I say easy, because all, the, all of the images that we had about Africa, you know, they lived in huts, all the kind of, they Tarzan, you know. <laughs> but I, love, I love Muhammad Ali. Ali said, man, then, you know, how, how, do, how does the white guy be able to talk to the animals and the Africans been there for years and years and years, centuries, and they can't talk? <laughs> Muhammad, he said, Muhammad Ali with this little beautiful, what's called, he said, man, I was looking at, I'm trying to figure that out because everything I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, yes. I understand that. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> white, white boy, the white guy running around with a diaper on, know how to talk to the animals. <laughs> right. And I mean, Brother God, I felt the same way, but Muhammad Ali is another one in our tradition oh, who sacrificed so much of our people, basically told the system to go to hell. I'm standing up for Black people. I'm not fighting in Vietnam because he said, ain't none of them Vietnam ever called me nigga. I mean, yeah, he never, gave <laughs> up so much and he told the show enough truth, as my grandmother would say. But that, that because I've heard Muhammad Ali, you know, watching clips of him say that. And I felt the same way. You know what movie really made me say, what in the hell is going on here? Was King Kong. You know, I'm thinking to myself, what in the hell? You know, they over in the jungles and stuff. And, <laughs> and, but but it, it, it shows how they try to work on our mind, even with concepts of beauty, the subliminal, that here it is, this is this white woman <laughs> that got to be saved from the beast, you know? And, and it, it just, exactly. it did not, it absolutely did not make sense to me. And you're right about Tarzan, Jesus Christ. But these are the kinds of images that were played for us uh, growing up, yeah. even generate, even me watching the repeats of those things. And you, I, it just, it, people have no understanding about what those subliminal messages do, not only well, to well, African Americans, but also to all Americans, because it makes all them Americans. just see yeah. African Americans in this very narrow view and that we, you know, some people got a notion that we didn't do anything in history and civilization and baby, most of this stuff we created, our ancestors created even on the continent of, of Africa, but certainly right here in the Americas, not only does it, it dehumanizes us, it makes it seem as though we're not civilized and we're uncultured. It, 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 yeah. Well, well, well you, you know, you're exactly right. Because at the same, at the same time, if you're 11 years old and you're looking at Kwame Krumah taking the reins as the president of Ghana, and you say to yourself consciously, "Don't they don't look like the people I saw in Tarzan? <laughs> they don't look like the Africans I saw in Tarzan." Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All of a sudden, you're the them. Here he is taking, standing up here with all the formality of taking on as the head of state. Those are not the images that I saw when I was five or six or whatever, and, 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 and conditioned to looking at, at them and also subliminally having a, 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 a idea of who they are through That's cards right. and, That's and right. these other images, standards and of the rivers, all these people right here. 
and 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 I think I think I think part of that 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 awakening in some sense or the realization come through with which because of so many different so many different things that happen at a, a certain point in time. Um, if you got to you got to hear I got to hear poetry in 1966 from Sonia Chances and I just couldn't be she was one of my teachers you know it's so Sonia Sonia Sanchez you know now we all know that we all, we all put her on on the righteous path so she, she needs to be on but yes. I remember when she was in 1966 you know and 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 and, and I've had that you know I I think more than anything else and I'll say this uh, I've been fortunate enough to to be able to be around ideas that I've simply been able to appropriate and make them mine because I think they're the right ideas. And when we're on whether the, the campaign that we waged and on uh, with with the senators, Senator Bernie Sanders, all the things were the right thing to do. And when you're doing the right things, who you're doing the right thing? Whether it's down there with Nissan Auto Workers or whether it's of other movements that I've been on, hotel workers rising, you know, a support of longshoremen uh, um, down in Charleston, South Carolina, and San Francisco. There always been movements for the right thing to do, and and I, I think I have so many people to thank for that. First, among many, as I said, my parents, and then the collection, the people I've made on the journey, you know. Uh, the journey that has included Harry Belafonte, you know, when someone was to come through Harry, you know, that is it, it, inc- included, um, you know, the, this, the spirit behind a Nelson Mandela and supporting the freedom of Nelson Mandela, knowing come that on. the freedom is singular, but it's much larger than that. And, and I think those are the things, and you stand on that, you know, and somebody, somewhere, somewhere, I found a way that that when when I did the plays, the theater that I did by the great South African writer uh, Athol Fugard, Athol Fugard, uh, that it it's it's resonated in such a way that those characters were 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 certainly me, and 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 then when you're able to do that and and and, and find a, a way in which you you walk in that in that way, I, I think it's it's been extraordinary. Yeah. Well, you are yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> you are extraordinary. So let's talk about that. I mean, you have some, oh my God, I have so many questions for you. We're gonna have to get a do-over on this, uh, or part two, I should say. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. 
Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So confront the lie stuck with me, consciousness, awakening, and the impact of people you have met along the journey and how people imprint onto us, right? And we we don't always think about it that way, that there's an imprint that people make on us, both good and bad. What motivates Danny Glover? Um... What motivates Danny Glover? I think love. L-O-B-E. Love lifted me. (laughs) Stephanie Mills, I learned to respect the power of love. Go ahead, Brother Glover. Play it, play it, It it, it always been, you know. I think, think, you know, I I was, I have a picture here. uh, I, I, I don't know if I put it up on here or put it on which come. I put it up on it. I don't know if you see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you and Harry Belafonte. Who's in the middle? Nani, Nani Alejandre. Okay. Nani Daniel. Yes. And this is taken. It's taken in 1995. Okay. Then tell us about it. And Nani gave it to us. And Nani was part of that. Who has a as an organization in Santa Cruz called Barrios Unitas, Barrios Neighborhoods United. And it's always, it says, black and brown together. It's always mm. been a part of his theme. And we yeah. met when we were part of a committee which included Mike, Mike Farrell as well. Mike Farrell, when we were trying to keep, after the Rodney King incident, we're trying to maintain the peace between the Bloods and the Crips. Sure. You know, so so there's so many people involved in there. But when you look at the picture at, at these particular moments uh, and, and you think about the journey, that journey, you know, I, I, I always think about that it's about love. If, I, if, if, I, if I'm interested, it's just a fashion about eliminating or getting rid of or struggling against a massive incarceration. It was about love. If it was going to talk to farmers, then South Carolina and citizens in South Carolina and North Carolina, as we did in Michigan, it's about love. About love. It's really, it, it, yeah. it comes down there. It comes to that. And the feeling that there, there's always something you can do. You know, we're always, as Dr. King would say, we always can serve. Yeah. You know, the highest level of engagement that we have that exemplifies who we are as human beings, is the a capacity to serve. And serve service comes out of love. Come on. Uh, even Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm has a quote about service is the rent we pay yeah. here on this earth. You know, yeah. there's nothing yeah. greater than that. Yeah. Uh, what would you tell your seven-year-old self or your 10-year-old self I mean, do you have a message for uh, for your your teenage self? You pick pick whatever. Yeah, is there something that you would say? What would you say to the younger version of yourself? If you knowing what you know now, what would you say to a younger version of you? 
Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I don't know, because I, I, I was telling somebody that when I got my face, my first paper route, I was like 11 years old. And, and I believe, I, and I believe that I was making a contribution to my family. I was a part of a much larger feeling of a, a, a family. My mother and father always worked hard. They worked, and we, we were, we, we began cooking in my household at eight, nine years old, 10 years old, washing dishes, you know, uh, everybody. You know, and we're born that we were, we were that way. So, I, I think if 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 I had if I had spent more time more time at, at eight nine years old in school, paying attention to school, I think about that. But but I don't know if that makes me that makes me maybe a different journey. If learning through school was that, I don't know what to say. I just don't say that the future belongs to them. I get a chance to 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 read and i've got a chance not so much during the covid uh, isolation but i've had a chance to go to schools so many elementary schools if i went to uh, 300 colleges which i probably did in this country i've been to 300 or more uh, elementary schools or high schools and and being able to kind of say that that i'm here was simply because you are my children yeah, uh, and you are my children. You're all my children. I care about all of you collectively. I care about all of you, and what what I, what I do is it's in the service of your future. You have to think that way. You have to think that way that what you do is in the service of not simply your own generation, but the generations to come. And that's hello, what, somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. What, I, I come with that. So on, on the, on the, I've run into San Francisco because I've lived there all my life. I've spoken at, I gave commencements at just about every high school. <laughs> and, and I've had people come up to me, uh, at graduation high school, high school graduation with every high school. And I've had young people come up to me and says, I, I remember at the car wash, a, a young Asian American, he said, you came to my school to speak of my commencement, and I decided I wanted to go to college. Come on. And, and so, and so we, we, we did two different cultural experiences, find some place where we inspire each other. And I was inspired by the said, because you don't know if you're touching lives. All you're doing is saying is that I give what I have. I'm here because I care. I'm here because I care. I'm not... Tell, I'm not here to push a movie. I'm not here to sell you in here. I'm simply here because I care. And to be able to go in some place and to go able to go in life and know that you're there because you care. And sometimes you're tired. Sometimes it's hard to get there. But when you get there, the reward, you say, I'm so happy. Uh, God, God, thank you for bringing me here at this moment. Because uh, Rosie Davis, I used to say, I'm here at this moment because this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Come on, hello, somebody. You know, I, I, I mean, how did David always say? He would go open his watch. I'm here. I spent a lot of time around Alzi. Yeah. I'm here at this moment because this is where I'm supposed to be right now at this moment. Yeah, amen. I mean, um, Ozzy Davis, Mr. Davis was such a prolific actor and also activist in his own right. Him and uh, 
uh, Ruby, the incomparable Ruby. Ruby incomparable. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, you may, you reminded me there's a, I think it's an African proverb, I am because we are. And that's basically what you're saying. I am are. because we are. We are. I so, am. I love that. I am because, because we are. We are. We are. Oh my God. Um, does art, art and activism, I mean, you are a personification of art and activism, but you know, I can't let, I can't let you go without just going down, down the list. I mean, some of the great, I mean, of course you are known, uh, <laughs> for the franchise, you know, as the, as the lethal weapon himself, that was a franchise. It was uh, beautiful. You teamed up. Uh, I want you to tell the story because you've often told this story to me, but wait, hold on before we get there because it's the color purple story of what your grandmother <laughs> said to you about that character you played. Oh. But you have played so many wonderful, you know, places in the heart. Of course, the lethal weapon. Um, oh my God, a raisin in the sun. You just recently were in the Jumanji, which I loved. I love all of the Jumanjis. And the role that you just played in that one was absolutely hilarious. I know that you have uh, the last Black man in San Francisco. You've talked to me about that one a lot. I know that one meant a lot to you. And you were helping out a young brother who needed some help. Proud Mary. I loved your character. That, even though you was messing with my girl Taraji. I didn't appreciate that. Um, but Proud Mary is one of my favorites, too. And I mean, you've just done so many things. I mean, I can't even uh, keep up with all that you have done, but you have left your mark and you have a generational appeal. Shooter, you, your character was badass and shooter, baby. Oh my God, you and uh, Mark Wahlberg. That is one of my favorites as well. And just so many, I mean, you've done serious, you've done comedy. Oh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Beloved. You and you and Oprah. Woo! Every, I, mean, <laughs> I try to watch that movie I mean, almost every single year. But you have, I mean, for every from comedy to 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 drama to you being the protagonist. Sometimes you are the antagonist. You know, Switchback was one of those ones. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Look at Brother Glover play this role. But definitely, definitely the color purple. So share the story your grandmother said to you <laughs> about the role, Mr. You played Mr. And in Alice's, Alice Walker's famous novel, uh cultural cultural icon uh that movie that book definitely changed conversations in the black community the color purple you played mister talk to us about that that role and what grandma had to say i spent a lot of time with my grandparents and i traveled down there we were in rehearsal of uh the color purple and I interviewed my grandfather. This is a part of the story I didn't have never told. I interviewed my grandmother, I mean my grandfather particularly, and talked about I talked about fear and what was it like for him. And I had bought a camera. This was in 1985 before we we started shooting. And um, we talked. He talked about a lot of things, you know. Uh, I, I, he, he, I mean, it took you had to pull pull strings, you have to yank it out of him for him to get in front of the camera and talk about, why you want to know that, boy? You know, why you why you ask me that? You know, that's how you talk. And so I said, because I want to know, Grandpa, you know, I want to keep this as part of my archives. Said, okay. 
So he reluctantly, and he talked about, my grandfather was born in 1892. He lived to be 99 years old. And he lived to be, and, and, and uh, that was the gift that my mother gave to me in that. So I'd been down there just kind of get a feeling. We were in a rehearsal for Color Purple. So Color Purple, I'd come down there all the time since I was a baby, I've been down there. You know, my, I lived with my grandparents uh, for a while when my, my, my parents, because they had three babies, my mom had three babies in 35 months, and she needed somebody to take the two oldest. And her, her grandmother, yes. my grandmother was mid midwife. My grandmother is not only a midwife, she's, they still talk about it. She's legendary in Jefferson County. This uh, is in Georgia, in right? Georgia, Jefferson, Jefferson County, about 44 miles outside of Augusta, Georgia, going towards Savannah. So, uh, I, you know, so I did that. So uh, I would come down there, oh, that's Risa May's grandson. Oh, that's Carrie May's boy. That's Carrie May's boy. But when I came down there the Christmas of 19, uh, 1986, I came down to Christmas of 1996, everybody had, the Christmas said Color Purple had come out it was either 96 or 97. Color Purple had come out. Yeah, it was 97. On video. Oh. It, mm -hmm. it came out video 97. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, people started coming to my grandma. People, somebody spotted, one person spotted me. Boom, they came to see my grandmother. They came all nice in their nice clothes and everything else. And, and they would come in, and they would come in, my grandmother with a gracious, I mean, she's a matriarch of the community. So she says, uh, um, uh, have a seat. Want something to drink? Rest your coat. Have a seat. In a nice little house. Beautiful, you know, nice little house where she, she and my, uh, my grandfather live. And then they sit around for a minute. And they say, um, where's Danny? <laughs> and she, yo, Danny boy, come on out here. People want to see you. And then they sit around. They sit around, they, they get, they shake my hand, everything else, and then they position themselves for a picture. This is where you had the cardboard pit cameras. This is before you, you take your phone, your cell phone and make it a picture. The, po the Polaroids. The Polaroids. <laughs> the Polaroid boy, you had to take them to the drugstore. Right. That was calm and everything get else. Get them developed. <laughs> and, and, and so this hit, this about four groups of people came in that night. And they all got it. And, and it was the same protocol. And so, you can you can see my grandmother. She's trying to figure this out. <laughs> what? Who is this? Who is this guy that everybody wants to pick pictures of? She didn't, she didn't figure it out. So so uh, late at night, about eleven o'clock, I'm sitting on the couch, just leaning back, and she's at the counter, wiping wiping the same counter and, and looking at me. When I look up and look at her, she go back to wiping in the same place like this. <laughs> saying, yeah, tell me something. And then, I, then she shook her head. She said, son, you must be some kind of important. Listen to the back to it. It's beautiful. You, you must be some kind of important. She's asking, well, who are you? You know, I said, I said, grandma, I will never be as important as you are. <laughs> No, whatever I do, I will never be as important. So she didn't say anything else. So I can imagine the conversation going. 
she called her sister up in New York, Ag, uh, not Agnes, that's the daughter. And she called her sister uh, Maggie up in New York. And that's her baby sister. And she'd been lived in New York. And she started, are you imagine the conversation? And then she finally said, well, he did a movie because Maggie had seen me on Broadway and she had seen most the, the stuff that my grandmother wouldn't have sung. And so he must have told her, he's played his role name, arranged for to see the movie. And all I heard was I heard my from the rumor that when my grandmother saw the movie, she came storming out the place and said, I'm going to get a switch after that boy. He would know he was raised better than that like that. Um, <laughs> He said, well, Grandma, this is, this is, this is true power. I, 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 this is real power right here. I'm going to get it. When you say I get a switch after that boy, that's real power. You talk about everything else, but you humbled by that power. And look here, I knew my grandmother switching. It's almost like when, when there needed to be a all of a sudden a switch, a switch would materialize in her hand. You don't know where it's materialized. You know what I'm going to do? Who have fun with me with a switch? You, you, you get hit before you, you know she had it. I had the same kind of grandma. Yeah, well, brother, well, brother. Wow. We went, our grandmothers went to the same school. Because they went to the same Grandma, grandma talking about getting a switch. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open air zoo, when I realized that. The park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
My grandmother used to tell us, go, go, go on that tree and get me some good limbs. You know, you know, you know you bad when, when grandma tells you to pick your own beat instrument. And she would braid them little suckers together. Oh, and you know what? And she's and I had to, she said, don't come in this house. And when I did, she didn't see me after that. So she, I'm gonna get a switch after that boy. You know it's raised better. Raised like better than so that. every time, every time I come to that house, I had to get hit with a switch. <laughs> My grandmother was 99 years old, 98, 99 years old, and she had one leg amputated because of a diabetes. And, and she, yeah. I, I come in with a switch. I, I, I get this, you know, come in here without a switch and don't run because I'll I catch you. And so she, she, I ain't in the running. My grandpa, I don't know, I, I never heard the word switch come out of his mouth. But my yeah. grandmother, but that's how I was at my house. My dad made Carrie. I don't feel like spanking no children, man. If you don't spank him, I'm gonna spank him. I said, Daddy, I come, well, we want our daddy to hit us one time. That's all he's good for. Him. My mama get the wheel in that iron cord. <laughs> and talking to you the whole time. And, and talking, and talking to you the I whole time. I tell you, you not to. <laughs> you run from me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That was so funny, man. It was passed <laughs> down through the generations, brother. Oh, brother. man. Look at my, 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 my mama was the ruler. Where'd she get that iron cord from? <laughs> we thought we hit all the iron cords. <laughs> oh, my God. It was definitely You know, you know what I'm talking to with Sister Turner? <laughs> I do. I do. My grandmother. You know what? Now, it, was, it was all with love. All with love. You know, my grandmother, my grandmother on my mother's side was born in 19... 15 what year uh -huh. was your 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 mom born my, my, my mom was born in 1917 okay okay they, they were married so, they were married in 1915 my okay. grandmother my grandfather were married in 1915 but your uh, mom was born in, in, in 1979 okay. now, now, now her, when her great friends um says uh when at her, at her funeral she said now we we don't put we don't put dates. We don't put born dates. We put deceased dates. <laughs> so you have a deceased date home. <laughs> when her great friend, she said, we're not gonna, she went about, we don't tell you when you're born, just when you, when just you, when pass, you, make, when you, you make your journey, when you make yeah. your transition, you know. But, but, but she was actually born in 1917. Yeah, you know? your, your mother was, and my grandmother was born in 1915. So it's just like that inner, that, that crossing, yeah. You know, and, and how things are passed on generation to generation. And what is so, I mean, there are many beautiful things about the conversation that we are having today. One that is also sticking out for me is that when we talk about the history of Black people, we act as though, or sometimes we forget that there are people still walking among us who oh, yeah. have very fresh memories about mm. the pain and the struggle and the triumph. Absolutely. And you are one of those people. I mean, you had grandparents who were born in the late 1800s, your parents born in the early 1900s, and you have a story to tell that's being passed on. So our proximity to yes. that struggle yes, is yes. not that long ago. We talk about it as if it was long ago, but when it when we when you when you juxtaposition that to the spectrum, the 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 History itself, the long, long, long reach of history, 
Yeah. What we are talking about that happened to our people is is very recent history. Uh, it's just amazing. I can I go down I go down to my mother's hometown. She has a one first cousin, the oldest first cousin that she has is 98 years old. She just made 98 in January 19th. You know, her mother lived, Mary Jane was a mother. Her mother lived till she was 103. I went to I went to my 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 mother's aunt a hundred birthday uh back in about two two thousand. Yes. Yeah. So all these people have so many stories, you know. I I I I I marvel at at at, at just their stories, you know. I'll ask uh, uh, Fanny about something. Uh Fannie Mae Hudson about something, and she would uh, she would talk about when she started picking cotton when she was six years old, and then she moved to the she moved to the house because because Fannie, Fannie was a a pretty woman. She moved mm-hmm. to the house and worked in the house when she was sixteen. Yes, you know. So later on in life, what she became, you know, when when she was able to. Could man where she wanted to work, what she did, what she she became, but she she was sharecroppers. They were sharecroppers. And Fannie Mae is your my mother's first cousin. Okay. So my mother would be if she was with us today. Uh, my mother would be a hundred. What is that? A hundred and four, a hundred and four this year. So Fan, yes. so so she could I could talk to her and I could say. Since they're six years apart, I could ask her about what was it? Six years. She was born in 1917. Fanny was born in 1923. 1923. So okay. they're six years apart. So I could talk about, you know, talk to her about, and she has she has a memory like an elephant. So we can talk about what happened then, or, or she'll tell me stories, uh, uh, and and just to sit beneath her and talk with her. And, and I, I I would always tease her. I know you got that moonshine somewhere around here. Well come on down here. We can we can <laughs> I, I, I I call her I, I I call I call her all the time since the pandemic, you know. How you doing, Sandy? I'm I'm hanging in here, you know, because she's it's it's that it's that connection is so beautiful. She's my connection. She's the last connection to my mom. Yes. Oh my God. I can relate. I can relate. Last connection to my mom. So I can say something about, yeah. And she said, Carrie, yeah. When we went to school. Uh, and and then they tell me, they tell me stories about my grandmother, you know. <laughs> the grand, grand, grandma, my grandmother, they were sharecroppers in the back. And and the story I just found out. They were sharecroppers. So the overseer came to pick up Matt, my grandfather, and Risa May to go work in the fields. And the kids, he said, Risa May, where the kids at? It ain't raining outside. And Risa May, and you, you said, and she says, my kids are in school. And when they're in school, my kids don't work in the field. Come on. And then, and the, the overseer says, "Mac, you better teach your woman how to talk to white people." Oh wow! 
But Mac, but but recent May, Mac may not have been in say, say, be able to say that. But Risa May knew what exactly she was doing because Risa May, May was the midwife, not only for poor black people, but poor white people too. You know, yes. My kids don't go to school, you know. My, my, kids, when it's, my kids don't work in the field. And, and, and when she wasn't there, when my mother come home, uh, uh, Agnes come home, her sister come home, both of them went to Payne College, graduated. There's a whole nother kind of bad. They're almost like, they, when they come there, the first thing they do is come get out the car and roll a red carpet down, <laughs> down there for literally, figuratively rather, red, red carpet. There. My, hi, mom. Hi, dad. Hi, daddy. Hi, mom. You need me to do anything, mama? You need me to, daddy, how you doing? Like that. Yeah, it was a reverence. To watch that, to watch them as a kid, you know, um, is it's just something to watch it as a child. The way they 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 elongate the word mama and daddy in such a way, and you know that there was every I hear, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, mama, yes, daddy. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was beautiful to watch, and then you see, you you understand it. Remember, I was starving like Marvin in New York. Uh, and at that, when I was living in New York, 1979, 80, and my mother asked me to, to go down in New York, New York, and, and and like I'm 33 years old, almost 34, I'm going to 34, help your grandpa on the farm. And so I went down there, and I'd been around, I'm used to being there, it, it didn't kick me out of the cotton fields when I tried to help him pick the cotton, uh, kick me and my brother and sisters out of there. We just got in the way. We thought that 25 cents a, a pound was going to be easy. <laughs> 25 cents to get a pound of cotton, you know? <laughs> And so, but I, I, I called up and I, I, and I said, I, I, I lived with them for two weeks. And I, I ran errands with my grandfather. And, and I said, I wrote a letter, my mom a letter and said, I, I, I understand how, why you love these people so much. Um, and I, you know, I understood in some, some other kind of way, but I just, my grandpa, and I think it's the first time I thought he really recognized me. I'm just one of the other kids running around and he would introduce me and, and I was building a septic tank for them, an outline a septic tank for him. And, and uh, he said, the people asked him, Hey, Mac, Mac, who the boy you got with you? <laughs> He said, this is my grandson. <laughs> and he, he said, man, I, I was like on a pedestal, man. You can't understand. This is my grandson, you know. Then, then he, beaming, he, beaming with pride. This is my grandson. He, had, he said, what, what you do up in? <laughs> what you do up in New York? I said, I'm, I'm an actor. And he looked at me like this. He didn't know this is, a, this is 1980, early 1980. And then he turned around and walked away. And I understand what he did. What he did was he called, he talked to my, my mom, and she said, Carrie, the boy told me how he acted. You better tell him to go get a real job. <laughs> a real job would be working with him on the farm, you know. <laughs> Break, breaking a, a different kind of sweat. <laughs> oh my God. Well, brother lover, I, mean, I tell you, it has it's always and when I, when I go down Highway 1, so the other story is, so they bought the land because she's saving the money. 
I mean, if there's anybody who can who can find turn a, a nickel into a dollar, it was Marisha May, my grandmother. Man, she 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 built everything else, and she always broke. She ain't got no. I ain't got no money. <laughs> she always she's saving up there. So they bought the land, hundred fifty acres, hundred fifty acres, and they didn't know the way they got the land. They didn't know that they were selling to black people. And it's right on the highway. You're right on the highway. Highway one, major throughway. All the way up, major throughway, almost all the way going to Savannah. They're on the highway. And so the people came back and said, We didn't, we didn't know we were saying selling the land to no, no, you know, the N-word. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't know we didn't sell the land to <laughs> my grandmother reached in her pocketbook, pulled out and said, here. I'll pay for it again. <laughs> Mic drop, baby. I'll pay for it again. Don't mess with Grandma Reese. Reese, no, May, no, baby. don't mess with her. And 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 then you know what? The land where the county high school is right now, Jefferson County High School, is right now land that my grandparents used to own. These former sharecroppers, they ran that they used to own. And it's the my thing. They had to sell it to them because of eminent domain, and they want to build the house. But it was land in the use of all. So these sharecroppers, that's 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 where we all get it from. Come on, that is so. When we when we, when we stand tall, we stand tall because of the of the of the backs that we stand on. That's it. I am because we are. Uh, Hello, yeah. somebody. Yeah. Brother, this has just absolutely been tremendous. I mean, you have been such a blessing in my life and that of my family and so many people. I mean, uh, the Sanders campaign did many, many wonderful things, one of which it helped a lot of us to create relationships of a lifetime. And yeah. you are certainly one of those relationships. You and I, I mean, we were together in 16. We were together in 2020. We traveled back and forth to South Carolina. You, uh, and, Dr. Cornell West, Michael Rinder. I mean, just all, really, all of it. And, 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 we, and we're going to be together in 2021. Be there when I come to Cleveland. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I can't wait to have you here. You are just such a tremendous force, a bright light. And the stories that you tell just reminding us of the love, of the greatness, that we are all in this together. Um, the fact that you are so internationally known and you just have a heart of a common person and you share that love. Award-winning actor, producer, activist, oh, the one and only Lethal Weapon himself, one of the co-founders of the Pan-African Film Festival. Yeah. You did that. And yeah. Reese Mays, <laughs> grandson. Reese Mays' grandson. <laughs> oh, I, I love you, Danny Glover. I love you. I love you. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. 
Thank you to the geniuses of Spoken Audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.